Welcome to Entering the Transfer Portal with your hosts, Brandon Shanahan and Tyler Sprinkle, where we search for a new college football team to cheer for. Join us on our journey while we search for a new college football home. Let's dive in. Here are Brandon and Tyler. Welcome back and happy Wednesday. Brandon here along with Tyler Sprinkle for another awesome week of entering the Transfer Portal podcast. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you enjoy podcasts. And always follow along on Twitter at FormerHuskerFan. I say former because I don't want to be a Husker fan anymore. And I don't want to talk about the Huskers anymore. But here we are again about to go into a whole segment about Nebraska. And... I, a segment that I knew was going to come at some point. I had hoped that we had had a, a few more weeks before we, we had to, to talk about this, but Scott Frost officially canned as Nebraska's head coach, officially let go. Mickey Joseph stepping up as interim head coach, which I'm coming around to. I wasn't so sure at first, but overall um, some major changes coming with the program, not ones that we didn't expect I, a little bit sooner than I thought that we might at least at least get to October or more conference play before it happens. But that's what happens when you lose to teams like Georgia Southern at home in a night game where Memorial Stadium's as top tier of a environment as it gets. And you can't, they gave up over 600 yards to Georgia Southern. And so, yeah, that gets you fired. And so uh, what were your thoughts? Where are you at with this process? I'm with you. I didn't think it was going to happen nearly this early. Um, I was on the side of really wanting to give him more time, but looking at the three games that we've played this year, or excuse me, they've played this year, uh, they've been really ugly, and you just can't, you can't let it keep going. So unfortunately, it is just is what it is. You know, so I, I decided to start this this whole project right after the Northwestern game. And and probably like Monday or Tuesday, as, as we were kind of getting into to putting it all together, I kind of thought, am, am I being too brash here? Like, was it just one bad game? Like, what if they come out against North Dakota, get back after it, beat them how there's, you know, 20-point favorites, beat Georgia Southern, and then Oklahoma comes in this week. And what happens if they play up to stuff with them and you know did, did I jump on off the bandwagon too quickly so there is some piece in knowing that no nope, I didn't I picked just the right time if not too late so yeah because um, I would have been if I was emotionally invested in that game I I would have cried or thrown my fist through a wall or something that's horrible I can't lose to Georgia Southern yeah this all started going downhill once they fire Bo Pelini. I'm a Bo Pelini truther. Yeah, he's kind of harsh, but uh, he got things done. Yeah, I, I mean, that's... Yeah, I, I mean, I was never on, on board with getting rid of him. Unless you could bring in somebody better. Like, if you could have... Like, because like, the, the whole thing that doesn't make sense to me is that you, you fire a guy who loses... or Excuse me, who wins nine games each year, and then you bring in Mike Riley who just the year before couldn't make it to a bowl game. He It was a struggle to win six games a year. 
I, yeah, I, I just didn't see, see the jump there. So I, I don't know. I didn't see the urgency in firing him without you know a good good guy in 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 the wings or in the waiting room. But yeah, I mean, it's it, they really haven't gotten their footing ever since. No, and I think it's more so like let's just rip the bandaid off, get it going. Um, I did see. I know that uh, Big Noon kickoff is in Omaha or in Lincoln this this week, but Urban Meyer got here pretty early. I mean, that's interesting. I I, I do remember, and not, and I love Big Noon kickoff. I probably like it more than ESPN's College Game Day show at this point. But there's just something so iconic about Lee Corso and the, the mascot head and everything that they bring. And I remember. A few years ago, just so so people know that I I hurt for this team. They came to Nebraska for that Ohio State game. It was prime time. I came into Nebraska just for the game. Like no, I, I didn't care about seeing family. Didn't see any friends. Like I I'm just here to be in Lincoln for this game. Let's get after. We got after it all all day long in Lincoln. Had to pull my aunt out of a fist fight uh, in, in in a Lincoln bar, and then just to to watch that. It it hurts, and I, I again I don't think it's going to be the, the the same kind of investment this week. But we've been through it, man. Yeah, it's been one ugly game after one ugly game. I mean, it was there's a lot of hope from last year. You know, best three and nine team in the world and hit the history of the sport, and then come out and lay a bunch of stinkers. What do you, you know? And the interesting thing is and I know we we lost some some NFL guys for from last year but what was so the reason why we were in all those games was cuz the defense was awesome like Michigan State I I've said this several times already on this podcast but I had two first downs the whole second half and that was a team who was a win or two away from from the playoff and Michigan also same kind of thing they had such a hard time moving the ball on the on the Huskers, and they went to the playoff. And the the cliff that that defense fell off of is alarming. Because we were talking about Cincinnati, like to to keep up with some of these other teams on the list, you, you have to be able to reload after you lose NFL guys. Like you know, like a lot of these schools have shown that they can do. Now it seems like they do a better job. They've done a better job of that than Nebraska has, which doesn't seem like it should be right. Yeah, and it's, I think it comes down to tackling, poor tackling on defense. Um, you're right, we did lose two pretty key guys on our defense in uh, Cam Taylor Britt and JoJo Doman, but you got to have, yeah, I mean, you're, you, you're in the Big Ten, you're a pretty well-known school, you have to have the ammo to reload that defense. Uh, so it might be a little telling. But uh, on to bigger and better things, and I think that is a good transition on to this week's list. Oh, yeah. So some some updates with the list. So just to kind of go over where we're at heading into the week. Top five, uh, not a whole lot of changes. Uh, my top five was Oklahoma. Oh, excuse me. That was the bottom six. Um, Oklahoma State, Arkansas, Florida, Miami, Cincinnati. Tyler's was o- Oklahoma State, Arkansas, Florida State, USC and Texas A&M. And I, I pushed back on Texas A&M for a little bit because I, I found myself rooting against them because I think it's fun when a team who has everything that they have 
that they that you need to win. You know, expensive head coach, electric college football tradition, top tier talent. It's so fun to see them uh, suck. It's what's been so fun about seeing Texas be so bad. And so I found myself cheering for AM, so that kind of put them out of contention for me, but you wanted to hang on to them. Listen, hand up. Not everybody's perfect. We all have bad days. It's just very unfortunate that the week that I put them in my top five, they go down like a big sack of potatoes, and then that damn video gets released of that wannabe cowboy running around on the sidelines trying to hype up the crowd and everybody's just staring at him wondering why he's on the field so hand up hey i made a mistake i'm human i it's just so they they just it, everything feels so catastrophic with them like it's not just that they lost to to app state in a in, when they paid app state a million $1.25 million to come play them so they could beat up on them at home against in front of 112,000 people. That's bad. But that video of that pep rally or whatever it was the night before, which is a weekly tradition, they do it all the time. It's one of the things that makes them so special. And I don't know. I knew I, I had a gut feeling that it was going to be a little bit cheesy, but that was horrible. That was and it wasn't like he was just bombing out there. The people were loving it. So it wasn't just him. He wasn't just the problem. And by the hand of God, the power of God, that a video of that has never been released as far as I know. But he let it slip through the cracks, and now they're done. I will never look oh. at them the same. No wonder why Johnny Manziel was drunk all the time. He had to deal with that <laughs> shit. You know, and that's a, another funny part about that video is that he, he's bashing what, what, where the school is from, being from, like, West Virginia or – no, they're in North Carolina, aren't they? But, like, r- real small town in the in the Appalachian Mountains, I'm assuming. Ge- geography expert here. But they're in College Station. That's got to be, like, the seventh, eighth best city to be in in Texas. Yeah, that, I mean, there are a lot of cities in Texas, but uh, I will refer refer to you on that one. I, yeah, I mean, I'm no Texas expert, but if I were making a Texas ranking, I don't think I'd get so far down the list where I'd throw them on there. And like, I, All right. and like, and like, like they're, cool. they're, I'm sure they're an electric college town, and, and going to a game there would be awesome. I desperately looked into options to getting down there for the Miami game, but logistics didn't make it work. I'd still love to go down there, but I mean, it, it's just, it, it just feels strange. Well, I'm going to put you on the spot. Top four cities in Texas. Well, a little bit biased here, but Dallas, number one, probably Austin, Houston, or San Antonio. You could swap those two out. Um, again, Waco, probably, probably number five. Um, from there, I mean, I'm just kind of throwing out cities that I know the name of like Lubbock. Um, there's a Tyler, Texas. There is a Tyler, Texas. And and the thing that I've noticed, like with the DFW area is that there are like suburb cities like Arlington that are, I don't know, like 
200,000 people, but it's just, just considered a suburb of Dallas. So it, it's kind of easy to lump them in there. But otherwise, yeah. I... Yeah, it's not great uh, for them to be, one, bad at football, um, two, have a bunch of losers go to their school, and three, uh, be in one of the worst cities in Texas. Yeah, and it's one thing, like, if you are a bad city in Texas, like, I, like, there's so many cities in Texas, not all of them can be can be fine. But the fact that they're crit- criticizing where this school is from, it's just like, I don't know, look, look in the mirror a little bit. Like, there's a hundred <laughs> things to, to go after them about, but I don't know. I don't know if that hits as, as well as he thinks he did. I, not, nothing he said hits as well as he thinks it did. So that's just so funny to to watch them fall apart. Yeah, so they're gone. Um, yeah, I off. think so. On our tiers, we have like the top tier, second tier, third tier, and then we have the eliminated tier. I think we need to have a buffer tier and then Texas A and M, right there. Because I, I, I don't. Yeah, I. Because it like cause the LSU's eliminated. We, we we discussed that last week, but. It, it doesn't feel fair to put them on the same kind of tier as much as we've fallen out of love with Texas A&M. Yeah, because at least like, Brian Kelly is funny to like watch and laugh at. Yeah, and and like everything that we liked about LSU is still there. Like they they lost it to to, uh, to Florida State. That wasn't great. They they bounced back big. Yeah, uh, Saturday with the sixty five seventeen victory. So yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll be fine, but. They just weren't as embarrassing and disastrous as Texas A&M is. So that makes me giggle. But uh, other than them, another big hit that our list took. Our our teams did very well this week, but a couple of real bad hits. Texas A&M being one of them. Notre Dame being the other one to lose to the Sun Belt. It's funny, the three... Power five teams lose to the Sun Belt this year, or this week. Nebraska, who the whole reason why we're doing this project is because of how much we used to love Nebraska. Then Texas A&M, who we just talked about, and now Notre Dame also on our list. So, if there's any other Sun Belt teams on the schedule this week for our teams, it's over. Yeah, we might have to throw a couple of those teams on there because uh, they look like the okay. conference of the future. Um, but I will say about Notre Dame is, yeah, I know everybody loves their helmets and their uniforms, but boy, do they look candy-ass while they're getting their ass beat by Marshall. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, their uniforms do look awesome. Um, I uh, Those people that you mentioned, I am I am that person. Um, they look so clean. They do not play very good football. They do have a brand-new head coach. They're, they did have a really big game the week before. So it's not surprising to me that they came out so so candy soft and had such a letdown. But I mean, that's still a game you got to win, and they didn't. And it's horrible look. Yeah, you got to like blow them out if you're Notre Dame. Uh, I mean, yeah. we don't really have too much room to talk because again, we're coming from Nebraska, but they're not supposed to be good. You are. So figure it out. So they, they're certainly not getting any momentum with me. I, I don't think it 
because well, I could just kind of mention about LSU. Everything that I love about Notre Dame is still there. Like I, I still think Marcus Freeman's going to be a good coach. The whole thing's kind of dependent upon that, but I, I think the college football tradition's fun. I think that they have so much control in the college football landscape. That's interesting for to to, to root for in a team. But yeah, they they certainly are probably one of the bigger fallers that we have because they started week one in our very top tier. They're both in our top fives, and then a so- solid loss to Ohio State. Then they get kicked out of the top two tiers in general. And now they're not making any room to to get back, and they don't really play anybody till kind of towards the the middle and the end of the season. So there, there's not really a whole lot of opportunity for them to impress us and to kind of get back into the fold. So they're they're in trouble. Yeah, they certainly are. Um, it would take a miracle for them to make it back on our list. Um, the the thing that I'm kind of holding on hope for is that they play USC in November. And by that point, I mean, I'd imagine we'd be down just at the, the elite teams uh, on our list. Um, but I don't know if Notre Dame's going to make it that long. I'm sure that they're going to bounce back and they're going to be fine. They're going to win 10 nine or ten games this year probably without even looking at their schedule. They, I just know that they are a good team. But this is a competitive race. You can't go out there and just lose to Marshall. So with that, you're out of my list. Yeah, because it's, it, it's getting real lonely up top because the only two teams on the top tier this week were Oklahoma State and Arkansas. And I don't know about you, but there's a fairly wide gap between those two teams and even like the third team on my list. And, and now that, that, that can certainly change, but like if you're, if we're talking about Notre Dame or some of these other schools that just haven't been that exciting, that's going to be a tough gap to build. If you're not week in week out exciting us. Yeah, I agree. I mean, for me, Oklahoma state is, a1, and then Arkansas is A2, and then the rest start at, like, B5, C, yeah. C1. Like, it's not particularly close. Are you naming teams, or are you trying to start a play game of bingo? Sometimes I like to keep my mind active with some bingo. I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's kind of where I'm at. The, the next team I'd probably have up is a team that kind of started the, the opposite of Oklahoma State and Arkansas, where they kind of got some, some juice in me early on. But they started off slow, and then they, they're Kentucky, and they went to Florida last week and put on a great show. Shut them down the second half, went 26-16. Uh, Mark Stoops uh, tied for the all-time record for wins as a head coach, which, considering he got there like six years ago, is just so telling on where that football program was when he took over and where it is now is a top 15, top 10 team. And so he's so, so they have been the biggest riser on my list. And they're... I mean, I, I don't have anything bad to say about them. 
I also think it's badass that after the game, after they beat Florida, they had uh, some gators all cooked up, ready to eat. That's Incredible. <laughs> Incredible stuff. Great showmanship. Because, yeah, I love it. The only thing that does concern me about Kentucky is, in the back of my mind, I know a football program that's got practically unlimited funds in a, the Big Ten Conference, who's a proven football school, who could lure him over. How dare you put that evil on Kentucky? How dare you? Well, he, it, well and I was thinking about this. So this time last year, if everything's the same, they fire Scott Frost, Kentucky kicks us not out of Florida. I mean, there's no way that Nebraska could lure him away. But after seeing Brian Kelly leave Notre Dame, after seeing Lincoln Riley leave Oklahoma, being reminded that Jimbo Fisher left Florida State, it's very clear that these coaches do really value A, cold hard cash, and B, the opportunity to build a legacy. And Nebraska gives Mark Stoops a better chance at that than Kentucky does. I think it's mostly just cold hard cash. That's a big part of it. That's a huge part of it. I don't know. I don't see... I mean, if he wins seven... six, seven, eight games a season as the Kentucky head coach, like, he's he's good. I think, like, I... I don't think they will ever fire him if he's, like, just super, super consistent. For sure. For sure. And if and if that's the, the kind of guy that he is, then, then, then it's a really tough thing to, to, to run away from. But you could have said the same thing about uh, Brian, uh, Brian Kelly and Lincoln Riley. They had proven themselves at their schools. They had earned so much... I don't know, so much credit with them that they could have really just coasted if they really wanted to. But then they get offers from schools where they could really build something special, something that they may not feel like they could have built at Oklahoma and Notre Dame. And so they left. And I imagine when you get to this elite level of coaching, you kind of got that dog in you where you you, you got to go out there and compete all this all the time in that job. I, I'd imagine that might be something worth considering. I think of nothing else. Trev Alberts will have have to have Mark Stoops say no, because it. Yeah, he he just seems so great to me. And if he does, if he stays at Kentucky, that program's going to be awesome for a while. But that's my fear with him and the Kentucky football program in general. Because if you take away Mark Stoops, see you later. Yeah, I just I don't know who in their right mind would go to coach Nebraska. Like I don't. Because I mean how many times can you Well, I guess that's only happened once, but how many times can you get your guy and it just not work out? Yeah. Yeah, I, mean, at, I, I get at it. At what point at what point is it not the coach? It's just that's Nebraska. That's who wants to come play Nebraska. I I think that's part of it. I think that there's a couple of things to consider there. 
First of all, we mentioned cold hard cash. Mark Stoops will never be the number one highest paid coach at his own school, um, let alone in the conference or as high paid in, in, in the nation as, as he could be at Nebraska. The Big Ten just signed a trillion dollar media rights deal. Um, so they have so much more money to spend than even when Scott Frost came around. And I think if it was anybody else heading this search for a new head coach other than Trev Alberts, I think they'd settle for a guy like Matt Campbell or a guy who's not as proven as Mark Stoops. But I think there's no better man for the job than Trev Alberts. And I think he's going to go make these guys tell him no. And Mark Stoops, it is, I'm sure I have a good feeling is on that list, as well as some other guys that we probably don't even think of. But he's going to be like, I'm going to make him say no. Because that's kind of what feels like happened with like Mark, uh, Brian Kelly and Lincoln Riley. Like, let's, let, let's go knock on their door, make him say no. And then, like, you know what? This sounds like a great fit. Let's make it happen. That seems like the kind of search that Trev Alberts is going to lead. No, and I, I agree with you. You have to you have to ask. You have to. You mm-hmm. wouldn't be doing your job if you didn't. What I'm saying is I don't see a savior for Nebraska. I don't. I don't. There's nothing I can think of. And granted, if I could, then maybe I would get the job. So it makes sense that I wouldn't be able to think of it. But uh, I, there's nothing I can think of that can change what Nebraska is. Like, I think at best, they're going to be the frisky team that wins five or six games a season. And almost, almost beat the Michigan, the Ohio State, every once in a while, you know, but never actually do it. I'm going to preface with this. The whole reason why we're here is because... I've been delusional and emotionally invested too much into this team to where it drove me mad, and now I've led this great search into finding a new team to emotionally invest in. So I think they can be significantly better than that. I don't think they can be an S-tier college football program anymore, but I think if a guy like Mark Stoops can see a program like Nebraska, see the resources that they have, see the kind of talent that they got with the transfer portal this year, and and a, a coach who hadn't been to a bowl game in four years and seeing the talent that they brought over, seeing how the NIL program at Nebraska is evolving as quick as anybody and seeing, I can see somebody seeing a lot of potential in Nebraska as a program. And, and if nothing else, we hit on this cold, hard cash. They're going to have money to spend. They're They're going to make, Whoever this next Nebraska head coach is going to be, he's going to be a very, very, very rich man. And that's hard to say no to for anybody, whether you're head football coach or whether you're a pro golfer, we, we found out. Cold money talks. That's true. It does. It does. You're exactly right. So that's Kentucky. So they're, they're a high riser. Some other, other than that, not a whole lot of, of significant action. Um, Florida State had the week off. They get back after it with Louisville, USC, UCLA had big blowouts. Texas Tech, I think, is another really interesting team rising from their win last week. On top of who they played 
this week. So they had, I think it was like a triple overtime win against Houston, which Houston's been on the rise for a few years now. They're going to be in the Big 12 next year. And that game was awesome from beginning to finish. And Texas Tech is is one of my big sleeper programs because I think there could be a lot of juice in that program going forward. If NIL really becomes like a determining factor in who wins football games, Texas Tech is going to be right up there. And in a Big 12 conference that's about to be up for grabs on a year-to-year basis, I can see them getting momentum quick. And these next this ne- these next two weeks are going to be very telling of that because they go to NC State this year or this week who outside of Clemson was supposed to be the second best team in the ACC, maybe third or fourth now that Miami and Florida State have looked as good as they have. Uh, then they play Texas the week after in Lubbock without Quinn Ewers. They could really get some, some momentum here for me. I wouldn't count Texas out, man. They looked, you know, Quinn oh, Ewers awesome. played like what? One quarter? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. he played one quarter and got hurt, and they still almost beat the number one team in the nation. Yeah, they, they, looked, they awesome. looked awesome. They should have won. They were the better team that day. Yeah. They just couldn't sure. find a way to win. It was one missed sack away from winning that game. Gnarly. And yeah, so, but with that said, Given Texas all the credit that they deserve from from that game against Bama, even with their backup quarterback, if Texas Tech can find a way to beat that team and beat NC State after beating Houston in a scrappy dogfight, I think they got to be creeping yeah, on that top five. They're looking; they would be looking legit. That's for darn sure. And now another team that I want to just touch on real quick. We don't have to talk about them. Their games haven't been very competitive. They've just been blowing teams out left and right. Um, Miami, another blowout win um, this week This week against Southern Miss. Um, they've outscored their opponents 100-20. to 20. Um, I'm not good at math, but a five-time uh, scoring ratio feels pretty good. Um, another big win there. And probably the, the game of the week this week against a uh, team that uh, I think we've talked about them a little bit. Texas A&M, the one with the, uh, the cringy pep rallies. Yeah. So what is so, so? So let me just pitch this to you. What is it going to take for for my for you to come on board with Miami? I would have to get sideline passes. I'd have to see the whole thing. I just I can't get on board with Miami. I don't. Their uniforms are stupid. That's wrong. They don't Another even bad have take. their own stadium. That's not just, wrong. That's a, that's a very good point. Uh, you're looking at me like, uh, they do, and I was like, oh, wait. No, no, no. no, no. <laughs> I, and I realized I was making that face, and I'm like, what am I making this face for? No, you're absolutely right. That's a huge negative. Since they tore down the Orange Bowl, they've had no juice. And I'm pretty sure, like, 3,000 people go to their games usually. And most most of the time it's, like, old, retired people that flock to Florida for retirement. That's fair. But I also do remember you go last week talking about a team strictly for their environments. And that team is no longer on our list anymore. So I don't think college environment should be 
the end-all, be-all here. But you're not wrong. And that's the one thing that I think Miami is lacking so horribly. Because I can get behind like an urban team like in the city, in one of the great cities of America. But Whoa, 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 whoa. We're calling Miami a great city of America? Yeah. I mean, just major metropolitan, I should say. Great is very leaning word. Major metropolitan area. Okay. You might be stretching that... a little bit, but all right. Continue. I'm here. Um, <laughs> so, so the major metropolitan area doesn't turn me off so much. The fact that they share a stadium with the Dolphins does. Um, the fact that they do play in such a big stadium and can't seem to fill it, that's a huge turnoff. Any juice that they had in the early 2000s in the Orange Bowl is gone. They are. It sounds like they are building it an independent stadium. A few years down the road, that'll come about. But, yeah, that's one thing that they're lacking. They're, I think their uniforms go really hard for a whack color scheme like orange and green. I think it fits for some reason. And I also don't understand why it's called the U. I don't know. Yeah, see? That yeah. is interesting. Because, I, I mean, Nebraska every could be team, the U. Every team yeah. could be the U. Yeah. How did Miami get that? Because they're stupid. Nobody I mean, I think that's kind of... Everybody laughed at them. When they were like, "Oh, we're gonna be the U," and everybody's like, "Oh, okay. well, we're the yeah, U too." For it. There's 18 <laughs> U's in the state of Nebraska. What are you talking about? And there's 18 U's in the state of Florida. Yeah, but maybe, but that that to me that kind of goes hard because it's like out of all the U's, uh, that sounds so that sounds so bad. I hate I hate that sentence. I was about to say. Crazy. You deserve it. It, yeah, it 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 does still does feel a bit hard to me saying out of all the U's, we're we're the U. Like how Ohio State has the trademarked. I don't know. I you know what, I, the logistics don't look great, but I. <laughs> I still stand by it wholeheartedly. Um, so if they went to College Station and beat Texas A&M this week, does that move the needle at all for you? No, because as far as I'm concerned, Texas A&M is dead to me. But they might as well have a bye week. Okay. Okay. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. They so well sticking in... Oh, boy, that's going to be a tough sell. But I'm not going to quit. Um, speaking of Florida, we have three teams from Florida on this list. Um, incredible stuff. Um, Florida State plays Louisville this week. And the University of Florida, I don't have them on my spreadsheet because they were a late ad. But just those three teams, how are they ranking for you right now? So I would love to put Florida State at number one. Or I guess, but, but before we get into the, the rankings of the Florida schools, what did the loss to Kentucky do to Florida in your mind? Did that hurt them a lot? 
it hurt them, I don't think it hurt them a lot. Um, Kentucky is looking like a really good team. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that it's that big of a loss. I mean, they had Gator on hand ready to roast. Like, they knew they were going to win that game. You can't Mm -hmm. win that game as Florida. It was predetermined. So, in my mind, it doesn't do too much. Like, yes, obviously it hurts them and knocks them down a few pigs, but I think if they have a good rest of the season, I think they could find themselves up near the top. Yeah, uh, I'm right there with you. I mean, I think Kentucky's a really good team. I think I'm still impressed with their win against Utah. I think they're they're on a rocket ship in momentum. Um, and you, you hit on this point, which I think is huge. They have so many opportunities this year to really separate themselves. Because like, here's the deal: like if they beat Georgia on the road, you think we're ever going to talk about that Kentucky game ever again? Absolutely not. So. Yeah, it, it sucks that they lost. Um, it does affect my rankings a bit because of that direct result. But overall, like, yeah, I, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, and then Florida State, a week off. And then Louisville. Still humming from that LSU game, which was awesome. But so as you were saying before, you want to put Florida State number one. But... But they're just kind of horribly racist. Um, so I'm going to have to go Florida, uh, UCF, um, Florida Gulf Coast, uh, Dunk City, um, the college that Jacob DeGrom went to. Um, the other community colleges that were in that conference and then Florida State and then um, all of the local Florida high schools um, half of the northern middle schools and then Miami alright understood hear you loud and clear understood but I, I, I obviously I, I don't I'm not going to put any middle schools above Miami, but I think that that's kind of where I'm leaning as far as Florida being number one. You you mentioned this a couple weeks ago and I forgot about it. I I hate the tomahawk chop for a hundred different reasons. And I think the gator chop goes pretty hard. Dude, that shit does kind of slap. And they play in the fucking swamp. They play in the swamp. they play in a gator swamp, dude. I mean, that's just perfect. They lucked into that. Certainly better than, I don't know, the U. And now that I'm looking at a Florida State schedule, they play Clemson, they play Miami, they play Florida. So they do have their, their fair share of opportunities to to get some juice, but not in the same way that Florida does. And it's so also I, hard to pick over an SEC team. Like, Yeah. Because you can get so much momentum so quickly when you're a big-name school like that in the SEC. Because not only can they, at any point in time, 
put a fence around the state of Florida and have an elite football program, just that, but going into the Alabamas and Georgias and Louisianas and being able to pluck some players out of there, I mean, it's, it's fuel for a rocket ship. Yeah, it's uh, it's a great place to be where Florida's at right now, I think. I think they're, they got a lot of stuff cooking down there in the swamp. And I bet it is delicious. Speaking of the SEC, there is one team on here that we haven't talked about. I don't think ever on the show, but they're on the list. They haven't had a whole lot to talk about. They've, they've been pretty dominant, but it's Ole Miss. I mean, everything that I still like about them I like, but they just haven't had any juice yet. They played Troy 128-10, beat Central Arkansas 59-3. to Lane Kiffin's cool. He's got a cute dog. He's got a Twitter account. Very good, very good stuff. No complaints, but like Kentucky was heading into last week, they just don't have a whole lot of juice with me. Yeah, they haven't really shown too much yet this season. They just haven't had the opportunity. Um, so they're just kind of lying away, seeing what goes on. I'm excited for them. Talk about another dummy hard uniform combo. And they got they got several that go yeah. hard. And they're all the baby awesome. blues are the best, but I mean they all mix and match, and you have a good time. I love it. Now, what's fun about Ole Miss is that they have this stretch where they go to Baton Rouge and play LSU. Very next week, they go to College Station, play in front of one hundred twelve thousand people. They go, they host Alabama the week after that. Then they go to Fayetteville and play Arkansas. So, I mean, if they can survive that, if they can get to that point, I think that's where they can really start getting some juice. Because that's... can't draw anything up harder than that. No, and I believe in Lynn Kiffin. I think he... Yeah. He's got a good thing going there. Um, just at this point, we just got to wait and see how they stack up against some of these teams. And so now the top two teams on our tiers are Oklahoma State plays Arkansas Pine Bluff. Arkansas plays Missouri. Arkansas had what I think was a really impressive win against South Carolina. Um, And Oklahoma State also had what I thought was a surprisingly um, well-played game, only allowing 17 points, which was more than half of what they – less than half of what they allowed Central Michigan to do. So they obviously made some great defensive adjustments. Yeah, and it gets Arizona a way State better Arizona State team. Yeah. Cuz they and the thing that impressed me so much is that it was the exact opposite of the Central Michigan game. Central Michigan game Oklahoma State jumped out to this huge lead and then they let Central Michigan claw back into it. Uh Arizona State they were hanging around for a little bit and then Oklahoma State turned on the Jets, figured out what wasn't working and then pulled away at the end. So real impressed with them. And I think out of all the schools here, their uniforms go the hardest. There's it's so sneaky because you don't think about it. There's something about the black and the orange and the white and just the way it like just kind of meshes with their their field color and just how black the sky is it's just you're right it does go dummy hard and they're one of those nike schools that 
have a lot of variations. Like the the first week they had that the the cowboy mascot who looked a lot more proportional than you were describing on the helmet there. That looked so hard. They had the cowboys on the side last week. I don't even know what they're going to look like this week. But that's I I think that's I we're not going to pick a best team cuz they they wear the best clothes, but that it goes hard. It helps. It does. It helps if a lot. You look good, you play good. Absolutely. So, I guess let's just get into this. How's your top 5 looking this week? Where are we at? So, top 2 are still the same. Uh, Oklahoma State, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go. I'm throwing Kentucky in there. They're looking really awesome right now. They're playing some great ball. Um, you talk me into Texas Tech, and uh, this is probably recency bias, but give me Ole Miss. I forgot how cool their uniforms are. Interesting. Ole Miss getting some juice for the first time this uh, this show. Let's see. But no, no, no huge complaints there. I think there's a lot of potential there. Before we move on, I think I would like to potentially throw a wild card into our list here. Hit me. I kind of like Kansas State. Deuce Vaughn is a freaking beast. He's like the size of Kyler Murray running through, but mowing people down. I mean, he's I love their boy. quarterback too. We he, they got our boy Adrian Martinez. He made it out of the hood and just went on <laughs> to bigger and better things. Dude, he threw for like seventy-four yards, and I'm just juiced about it because he won a football game. Yeah, I mean, he's doing better than Nebraska is. Now, granted, if we set the bar at Nebraska, there's 114 teams on this list. Okay, okay, okay. Now, Kansas State is very fun. Manhattan, Kansas goes shockingly hard. Especially because it's in the middle of nowhere. No, That's all they, they have. Dude, that's what I'm saying. It's perfect. And it's not, it's and it's not even all that good. Like... No, Memorial Stadium's electric. There's tradition. There's a hundred thousand people packed in. The whole environment's around Manhattan, Kansas. They, it's just, it's nothing. And, and the purple and silver go hard. Yeah, that dark purple and silver, it just kind of hits. And also, I always feel like it's cloudy. Kind of always kind of cloudy when they play there. Yeah. God, I was thinking about it in my brain. I just, they're number six. But my pushback is that they're not very good at football. I have no reason to think that they're going to be very good at football. I've never seen them be good at football. That's fair. But I'm just going to put them at six for me for right now. Okay. 5B. So so a few removals from your list from last week. Three of them to be specific. We talked about Texas A&M, where they went and why they're not there anymore. But Florida State and USC getting the boots. Do do they have much hope in getting back in? Yes, they do. Uh, one reason that Florida State is gone is they didn't play. So Yeah, hard to get used when you're genuinely not playing football. Exactly. And also, I mean, 
USC is like their own world that I kind of forgot mm-hmm. that we're living in. Um, they had a good game against Stanford. Uh, I just, nothing is pulling me to them at this moment. Yeah, I haven't I haven't watched a big game for USC yet, and I think once I see that big game, then I'll be like, mm-hmm. yeah, USC. And they got some opportunity to get some juice, so I'm not really vouching for them because Utah is going to be a big big test. They play UCLA. They play Notre Dame at the end of the year. So they got the opportunity to get their juice. But does Florida State have a chance to get back in? Knowing how, how much Florida, how much momentum Florida has. It's possible. I'll say it's possible. I don't want to rule anything mm-hmm. out except for uh, Texas A&M and Miami. Um, but they really kind of... They kind of bring me down with their tomahawk chop. Yeah, because that's like their favorite thing to do. Yeah, it just reminds me of the like, Braves too, and I hate the fucking Braves. So, because like speaking of awfully overrated traditions, like the wave at Iowa, like that's that that's just a one time thing. The tomahawk chop, they do it all constantly. So well, it, what do you... it, it's hard. Good. Because, like, it's just hard to imagine, like, because at some point when we have our team, like, I'd like to go and, like, get the full game day experience. Mm-hmm. I'd hate to be like, ah, guys, can you chill out? We just we just did the racist chop two minutes ago. Can we can we just watch football without being racist for four minutes, please? Well, how do you feel That's about tough... the, the chief and his horse? And he, like, throws that spike in midfield. I get it. He's just a mascot, but I still think he should be in prison for that. Uh, yeah, I Granted, do. I think every member of the Chiefs organization should be in prison for something, one thing or another. But yeah, that's, that's how I feel. I agree. So my top five doesn't change a whole lot. Oklahoma State and Arkansas, still number one and number two. You can flip-flop them. It doesn't really matter for me. I really liked Arkansas this week against South Carolina. Um... My Twitter feed's turning all hog content, which has been awesome. Um, they play... Oh, they actually have a really interesting game now that I'm being reminded of it. They play Missouri State, and their head coach is Bobby Petrino. So Bobby oh. Petrino's coming back to Fayetteville, or Little Rock, wherever they decide to play this game. He's coming <laughs> back to Arkansas. So there's been the, this uh, movement on hog Twitter... I'm going to rephrase that. There's been this movement on Arkansas football Twitter. Um, just to clarify, I'm not on hog Twitter. Uh, I, I think I just saved that for my incognito window. But <laughs> So there's this movement on Arkansas football Twitter to show up to the game wearing neck braces, which is the funniest thing in the world to me. Like Not only are they showing up for their team, but they're also mocking the same head coach that embarrassed their football program all in one felt swoop and I'm all here for it. Yeah, that sounds uh sounds very similar to the Kentucky roasting uh, Absolutely. Gator. I mean, that's absolutely that's wonderful. Stellar. So they're yeah, I can't wait to see it. So they're like I said, they big gap between those two um 
I'm still holding on to to Miami. I'm still holding on to Cincinnati. Um, I'm ha- I think if we were doing this list this time next year when they're playing in the Big 12, I think it'd be easier to to keep the juice for Cincinnati. But when they're playing Miami, then Miami of Ohio, by the way. Yeah. Um, Indiana, Tulsa, South Florida, Southern Methodist, Central Florida. Central Florida will be a fun game, I guess, but it's just hard to keep juice from. I'm I'm holding on for the long term investment of it, but it's, it's hard to really justify that. And then the only change I'll make is, is Kentucky instead of Florida. Um, recency bias. Kentucky was the better football team. They they played fun. Um, if I get more confidence that, like, if it comes out tomorrow that Mark Stoops is signing an extension at Kentucky, I'll feel better about them. Um, but yeah, same list. Just swap out Florida, Miami, or Florida and um and uh, Kentucky. Yeah, and I also really like Will Levis. Uh, I think yeah. he's an awesome quarterback to watch, and uh, you'll probably see him playing on Sundays here pretty soon. I can't wait. Any final thoughts before we wrap up this week? Nothing I can think of. I laid my heart and soul on the table for everybody this week, so I hope you all enjoy it. Absolutely. What are you looking forward to the most about this week? What's the the, the one game that you're dialed in on? So it doesn't... Oklahoma-Nebraska. I am. I still watch it, unfortunately. I just, I have to know. I have to know. Yeah. Um, and, and I will say this, and we were talking about this before we started recording. Um, just a, a quick rule for any team on the list. Um, if you lose to Nebraska, you're done. Yeah. And I think Oklahoma is the only team that has a chance to do that this year. But, yeah, that, uh, that stands. Can't lose to Nebraska. So, yeah, I'm pretty keyed in on that game. And that's a... A lose and go home game for Oklahoma there. Uh, I mean, the BYU uh, Oregon game should be really fun to watch. I know that nobody's on our list there, but uh, yeah, not a whole lot of good matchups are teams wise. So I'm going to go with uh, Oklahoma and Nebraska. Are there any. So heading into this week, we're, we're set on Miami, Texas A&M being an elimination game. We've already made the elimination there. Um, other than Miami, because I'm not going to let you kick them out so early, <laughs> are there any teams that you're ready to get to let go of, other than Oklahoma, if they lose? I would say Florida State is kind of teetering. They play uh, Louisville. So that'll be a good test, I think, to really see where they're at. Yeah, and I'm not. I think Louisville's good that great. Yeah, I'm not ready to call that a lose and go home, but they would really be on the hot seat if they did lose. I think so Um, too. And unfortunately, I think every game Cincinnati plays is a loser go home. They just don't have that type of schedule. I think that's fair. What if that's seven weeks from now? I'm not gonna not gonna play the what if game there. That's fair. That's the, the whole, yeah, and, and and the whole reason why I justify them is kind of assuming that they dominate their conference again, and 
Because for them to to really be interesting going forward, they have to be a good power five team. And I think they can. That's the whole reason why I, I put them on this list in the first place. But if you can't be a good group of five team, then it's over. What are we talking about here? Yeah, I agree. And I mean, obviously next year and a few years down the road will be different, but you can be saying that mm-hmm. about all the teams. We're going strictly up right now. And with their lackluster schedule, I'm saying lose and go home for Cincinnati. It's going to be a long road. That's fair. That's fair. Awesome. Any final thoughts? No. What games are you looking forward to? I am looking forward to Oklahoma-Nebraska will be interesting for a couple of things. One, because I think that'll, believe it or not, I think this will be the biggest test for Oklahoma's new regime this year. Um, sorry, UTEP and Kent State. Um, and I think it'll be really interesting to see how Nebraska responds. Because like, what, what happens if like it turns out that Scott Frost was just such an incompetent coach that is that they it's an addition by removal? And Mickey Joseph comes in and goes ten and zero. So I mean, that you can't go ten and zero without going one and zero first. Yeah, but that would I'm, be crazy. So I think that would be the first. I mean, I'll have to double check. There's not a better eleven a.m. game, but that would be the first snap of Nebraska football I've watched since Northwestern. Wow, you cut cold turkey, huh? Cold cold turkey, and I. I haven't even kind of hesitated about it. I'm like, there's Damn. nothing good that's going to come for me watching against North Dakota or Georgia Southern. I haven't watched a single snap, and I've never been happier until last night, of course. But yeah. that's a whole other reason. That's a. I'm proud of you for that because it was very yeah. hard to watch. And I've gotten to enjoy so much more college football now that I'm not distraught every time team. that yeah yeah it's been great mm. i might have to start doing that too but after next yeah. week yeah otherwise we'll wrap it up of course uh follow us on twitter former husker fan live updates from there we'll release our tears and we'll be back with another episode here shortly yes sir. anything Thanks else for listening anything else you need from me boss that's it. Awesome. I'll talk to you later. Yep, see ya. Mwah. And that wraps up another episode of Entering the Transfer Portal Podcast. Subscribe, like, and share, and make sure to never miss an episode. Till next time.